Chapter 7 Winter Lessons Alana pulled her cloak tight against the wind and knocked hard on the door marked with the healer's sign. She waited, watching the last fall leaves dance in the street. My name is Estelle, and this is Fantasia Divina. Lately, I've been thinking about the question, what's really in control of this thing I call myself? Who's puppeting my body? Who's piloting my brain? I think at a distance, or perhaps for people who haven't struggled with brain issues, it seems fairly simple. Me. I'm in control of me. I decide to make this podcast. I control my fingers as I type out my thoughts, etc. But there's also so many ways we're just not in control. I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole recently, watching videos about Tourette's syndrome. It's a neurological disorder. Most people think it's just the thing where you can't stop swearing. But of course, the general population's understanding of it is not super nuanced slash accurate. Um, there's just some kind of disconnect between the person and the control of their nervous system, such that you have repetitive and involuntary movements or vocal outbursts. Someone compared it to like, it's a, it's a bit similar to intrusive thoughts, but in your body. Intrusive thoughts too. Thoughts already seem like something that just happened, at least to me. And it's unnerving when there are thoughts you don't particularly like or want. Even when I'm falling asleep, I can tell that I'm finally drifting off because it feels like my thoughts start parading around doing whatever the heck they want to do. And we can't control how we feel, how we react to things. Occasionally, my life experience can just seem like something that's happening without too much of my input. But like, I can't control how I deal with my feelings. I can control what thoughts I put into action. I can make a lot of decisions. It just feels nice. So, so nice to have some control. Not quite sure when to recognize control becoming an issue. Maybe this chapter will help me figure that out. Um, segue, segue into the 30 second recap of chapter seven. Three, two, one, go. Alana visits George Cooper's mother for the first time in a while. She's talking to her about her annoying feelings with Jonathan and everything. And she also asks her how to be a lady. Teach me to dress like a woman and walk like a woman, please. I don't have the skill set. Meanwhile, also, they go out like wolf hunting. There's this is big, scary, bad wolf. And then Duke Roger almost dirt, certainly bewitches the wolves to try and kill Alana. It doesn't work out. Um, and also, it's Alana's birthday and she goes out, wears a dress and she meets with Jonathan and then she and Jonathan get together. They totally do it. I peeked the microphone. <laughs> right at the beginning of the chapter, we're along for Alana's agonizing ride of feelings. Help. I can't control my feelings. What's happening? She's ranting about Jonathan and frankly how controlling Jonathan is of her. He makes her go to social events. He tells her to dance with all the women, but he gets upset if she gets too friendly with other people. Also, like... Not a lot of great behavior. And I could see this too as like Jonathan maybe also feels like his life and his heart are out of control and it man it's manifesting as him being controlling of Alana. Though the difference between these two hopeless teenagers' feelings for each other is that Jonathan definitely has more power. So he should get his act together because he's overstepping his bounds, in my opinion. Are they teenagers? Alana's like, she turns 17 in this chapter. I'm guessing Jonathan's like 19, 18. Uh. Oh, God. But finding yourself in the clumsy dance of attraction for the first time, uh, frankly, every time. 
can just be so hard to deal with. And you're just like possessed by a demon of exhilaration and fear and... Uh, oh my god. I'm thinking about basically every ex of mine. Uh, so much... So much cringe. Another place I saw control in this chapter was how in the decisions we make with our presentation, we're taking some control over how people see us. I love that Alana is trying to learn how to be the lady she hasn't had the training to be. I love that she's working to have those tools and skills available to her so she can move in society as a more traditional woman if she wants to, or just like she can enjoy being a girl on her birthday. You know, and Jonathan too. The book talks about the plain shirt and breeches Jonathan wears into the city, and this gives him control of his image in that he can walk around like a totally not royal dude. Um, thank goodness there's no like widespread internet or television in Tortel that would make that impossible because then everyone would know what his face looks like. I love it. The last place I saw control I wanted to bring up is when Alana is thinking about facing the chamber of the ordeal, and she's just in the chapel, staring at it, freaking out about it, and John says to her, Why think about it at all? When the time comes, you'll go in there if you're ready or not. There's nothing you can do to prevent it, so come have some breakfast. Overthinking isn't doing her any good. I think overthinking is kind of like being controlled by what you're afraid of, if I just sit here and think long enough about every possible outcome, mostly the negative outcomes, then surely something will happen or not happen. I don't know. Here's my takeaway. Empowering yourself via control? Great. Suffocating other people through control? Not great. Cool. <laughs> Let's move on. Sacred imagination time, let us immerse our minds into a scene of this chapter, and what shall we find? <laughs> For context, this is a scene near the end of the chapter with just Alana. I usually try to pick crowd scenes or conversations so that there's a few options of like whose shoes to put myself in. But here, I just want to just want to see what it's like in Alana's shoes, though I guess you could also imagine yourself as like <laughs> a ghost in the room. Thinking of Delia sent her to the wooden chest she kept at the foot of her bed, locked and magically protected. Opening it, she drew out her pretty clothes, a lace-trimmed chemise, delicate silk stockings, tiny leather slippers, a purple silk dress. She even took out the black wig she normally wore in public. There weren't enough violet-eyed redheads around to warn her leaving her rooms without some kind of disguise. She dressed and admired herself in the mirror. She wasn't a beauty like Delia, but she wasn't a hag either. Defiantly, she picked up a cloak and threw it over her shoulders. There was no law that said she had to be a boy on her 17th birthday, and Faithful wasn't there just then to advise caution. Touching the ember stone and feeling the charm to ward off pregnancy beside it, Alana grinned. She'd never do anything to get herself pregnant, of that she was certain. Still, she couldn't help but think of... Dot 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 dot. <laughs> When I sit here and think about this scene, I just feel a lot of self-love in this moment. And I can only relate a little bit. In general, I don't really give a flying flip about what I wear. Um, but there are moments, you know, when I, when I dress up for whatever reason, and then I can look at myself and be like, yeah. <laughs> and for Alana, this, this choice to dress in her disguise, like, it's it's a new kind of freedom. She normally 
isn't allowed. Well, she, you know, her whole identity as a woman is a secret. I think of Alana as having a lot of internalized misogyny, right? Like, she has a lot of moments in these books where she's like, no one can know I'm a girl if they think I'm a, you know, if I'm a girl, they're going to think I'm weak and unworthy of being a knight and all this stuff. Very much, she's like very much in the mindset of just, you know, I'm not allowed to be soft. But in this moment, and as she's been, you know, working with Mistress Cooper and figuring out how to wear a dress and walk like a lady. <laughs> I just think in this moment when she like takes out her clothes, I imagine they just feel really soft and smooth and lovely. And then putting them on and looking at herself and being like, hey, this ain't so bad. Look at me. It just feels like a lovely moment of accepting this part of herself, imagining herself in this other way that, you know, in a different life that she is not currently living. I feel like this episode's gone by so quickly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's time to give blessings to a character from the chapter. And I want to give blessings to Mistress Cooper. She's cool. Cool cat. And I love that she's here for Alana when her otherwise closest friends are um, an actual, a literal cat <laughs> from the sky. And people with whom she has a, a romantic conflict of interest. And I love that Mistress Cooper doesn't judge Alana for wanting to learn how to be a lady and just helps her out. She has great supportive motherly vibes. Um, so God's all bless Mistress Cooper and all the other patient teachers that guide us through life. This has been another episode of Fantasia Divina. The next chapter, chapter 8, is actually titled Fears, which makes me not want to do the theme of fears. That would just feel silly. <laughs> actually, let's do the theme of anger for the next chapter. At this rate, I'll be done in like five years. Anyways, until next time. Bye-bye. I can stream millions of songs for free. Great. I don't care. Groove music. <laughs>